Hey loves, my name is Savvy. And I'm Hannah. And my name's Tawan. And this is season two of the Recommiss Podcast. A safe space where we share our stories to show those who feel hopeless that they also have the strength to move forward. Now listen here, this ain't for everybody, but it's for somebody. So let's get into it. And start pressing play. What's up loves, it's your boy Tawan. And it's Savvy. And it's Hannah. Welcome back to season two, uh, episode two. And we're here today to get into it. So ladies, how we doing? Okay. For uh sure. hanging in there, still alive. It's been it's been a rough couple months, you know, taking it day by day. But we're here. Life will we're def- here. Life will definitely give you something you didn't ask for. Exactly. But um, you prevail. But God is good and life is good, even when it's hard. So today we're gonna have um a discussion and it's primarily about freedom and growth obviously this is a channel of healing so a lot of topics of freedom and growth is going to be at play with you know future discussions um just want to make that clear but today we're specifically talking about instances in our life um, our lives that has impacted us and has shown us how we have grown from these experiences and how it has affected our freedom from them and i like i want to also add in a sense of like not only are we like not only were we affected but we're still affected we're still growing we're still wrestling through certain yes. things as we talk about things so like the whole point of this current part is just let you guys know like hey like but to talk about some things that may um trigger you that may bring you back to that space world mm-hmm. that may give your mindset that may exactly. plant a seed that you have to face whether it's today, tomorrow, tonight, mm-hmm. um, in the next week. So, um, I don't want to say be on guard, but be ready. Um, if you guys feel like you need to pause the episode, or if it's too much for you to hear, and you're at a place where it's just something you can't hear right now, you could always come back. Like these episodes are gonna stay uploaded; they'll always be up. Um, so if it's not something you need, can hear today, um, you can always come back. Um, but I do, um, we, all three of us want to encourage you guys to pause the episode if you need to pause the episode, because we know right. how hard things can be to hear, um, and we know things can be triggering. So, um, just protect your heart, um, be aware of what you're listening to, what's hurting you, what's not hurting you, and take a step back if you need to. For sure, for sure. So um, this week's episode, uh, season two, episode two, was fairly long. So we're going to post a separate episode of the game. So if you want to laugh with us, please tune in. Check that out. We got some good laughs, um, some good questions, a good game for you guys. Um, But this episode you're about to listen to will have trigger warnings. will be um, about growth and bondage, um, growth and freedom. So be ready. Um, Tune in. And we thank you for your support. So, our next session. You ready to get into it? <sighs> Deep breaths. Now, once again, trigger warning. Hey, like, we're going to have some real conversations. So, just be on guard. If you need to pause, take a minute. Um, this episode will be here. Um, if you want to fast forward, there's going to be um, just how we grew through some stuff as well. Um, so, right now, we're just going to ask Lee some questions. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. I do want to say, like, um, one of the trigger warnings, at least for my topic, is going to be surrounding, like, death. So if that is something that you know for sure 
you are not comfortable or ready or in the mindset mindset of hearing um you know you can come back at another time or you don't even need to you can skip over this or any of that um i wish you well and we love you so like tuan said get into it you let's good press stuff. play let's press play press play all right ladies so the first question we have for the day is uh where have you felt trapped or in bondage Honestly, I still kind of am trapped in this, so I'm not going to say that I'm not trapped in it anymore. Um, But a big thing for me has been um, my relationship with my biological family, Uh, specifically my my aunts and my sister. Um, I was actually raised by my aunt. Um, And, yeah, I just... um, went through a lot of things that I didn't even realize were things that I went through um at a like really young age I grew up in a household where I was the oldest child so I always had to step up to the plate and I I had to learn how to do all these things um that a mother does so I, I I grew up really fast um but I also like I wasn't allowed to go out I wasn't allowed to hang out with friends I I lived in Miami Florida and never got to experience Miami um and I think it it definitely is something I still deal with um I I didn't really get a lot of experience in the real world um it was less of being sheltered of more of being someone said to me you were trapped um Mm. and I like I was literally trapped in the house all the time like the only time I ever left the house was to go to school Right. And I, I, I kind of felt like, you know, the Cinderella story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt like that sometimes. Like, I felt like I had to clean all the time or like if I didn't clean some, like if I didn't clean something right, like you guys, like I, I won't say what would have happened to me, but what would have happened to me is not fun. <laughs> right. Um, I was always scared to go home from school. Um, I, but I genuinely believed that it was normal. Um, and going into my adulthood, I, I still felt like it was my fault. And I, sometimes I still feel like it's my fault. And um, I felt like I deserved it. Um, and I, I get into like a headspace where I feel like I'm not good enough. Um, like I don't matter because her voice is always in the back of my head. Um, I'm always like, I've definitely healed through some of those things. Um, but I've definitely been in a place in my life where... Um, my relationship with her just got caught up, cut off this year, um, so I'm still kind of in that place where I still believe some of the things that she said. You're going through the, the motions of breaking off of that really traumatic point when you were at your most vulnerable, which was a child. You were put in a place that no child should ever be, and you know a lot of the things that you have shared to me you know not even we don't have to go into it i'm just saying it, it it was horrific from what you've said and the fact that like you just said you know you are breaking out of her grasp this year and that's pretty recent and especially when you depart from somebody who was so abusive to you regardless if they're family or not you know that will have a impact that you don't even realize and you know you could be fine one day I'm assuming you know and the next day it's just like mm-hmm. 
in one moment you're smiling the next moment you're just and i know that has to work like it affects work it affects relationships it affects friendships it affects uh self-esteem you know that was i could only imagine the pain you know i can tell like from you talking about it too mm-hmm. it was something that really is deep into you but you know i'm really proud of you just wanted to you know put that out there i'm yeah. proud of you because look at look I at where you're at you. look at where you're at yeah it's definitely something like i'm i've been dealing with like uh like if i were to give a timeline it was probably like february last year was the last time i talked to her something like that um and like i mean i knew that i was abused like i knew that even when i was little uh but i but i florida sucks (laughs) so (laughs) i i actually was told directly from a police officer um when i was like I want to say 10 years old Mm -hmm. um and she looked me in the face and said it's not abuse unless they break a bone which is not true just so you guys know if somebody is telling you that you're not being abused um because you don't have broken bones uh that's not true um if you are being punched if you are being slapped um if you are even being told things verbally like you're being abused and asked for help and I, i and i did try to ask for help Like, when I was in school, I was telling people that I was abused, um, and nobody believed me. And even my own family um, now, like, the extended part of my family, they don't believe me. Because she has people convinced that I'm the liar, and that I'm the one who made up all these stories. And, like, I think I do a lot of, like, trying to justify my actions, you know, in my Mm -hmm. real life. And, like, we talked about this earlier, like, I'm very much... A healer like even after knowing I was abused I stayed in her life and I stayed because my sisters were there and I wanted to be a part of their life and I wanted to like continue to like I, I wanted to believe that it was gonna get better right. um, but sometimes you just have to let go of certain people um, and it took me I moved out six years ago it took me six years to actually let go of that relationship mm. um, so it's still it it definitely still affects relationships and affects friendships it affects literally me getting up in the morning and stuff like because there's days where I'm thinking about it and I rem- and I'm a, the kind of person that remembers dates really well and I remember mm. everything I remember I remember it vividly and I, I remember every detail about it like if it's something small i won't remember it but when it comes to that kind of stuff like i'll always remember it and i will sit there and i'll i even if i don't remember it consciously my body will remember it and i will sit in that and i will feel it and i know that i'm feeling it and i know that it has to do with what i was going through of course and like i'm obviously like it's been getting better like i definitely don't feel like she has like this grasp on me i don't feel like she controls me but like her voice is definitely in the back of my head sometimes you know well, it's because, you know, like I said, you were you were a child. Those were your crucial development periods, you know, like you go through such traumatic things. You're forced to grow up, you know, where you're in an environment where you don't even you don't know the lines between adult and child and who you like your worth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and what love is, even is like to you, like her love, you getting beat up is her loving you. So. That affects you. That that's, sure. that affects you all the way into your adulthood. Sure. And, you know, you didn't deserve that. You still don't deserve that. And um, it takes a lot of strength as an 18-year-old. You were 17 when you broke off from her, weren't you? As a 17-year-old, you got to think about that. As a 17-year-old person, you literally just a few years ago, prior like to being 17, 
were in middle school like you couldn't even drive at that point like just right. fresh out right. of that mm-hmm. and you made that strong decision and that shows a lot about who you are right. can i like ask you like what made you break things off like what made you come to the realization that this is too much to handle and that you're better off without her um uh so a couple of years ago she got covid and she had, um she almost had a well she did have a heart attack um she ended up in the hospital and i i remember the last thing she said to me was i don't give a f- how old you are i can still beat your ass um excuse my language but that's what she said mm. um and after that she started to i'm not gonna say what she's spreading about me but there's lies being spread about me um and things that are being said that i've done um that honestly like it hurts like what she's sharing because it's not true and if it is true i don't remember it being true um and i she has a lot of people in my family convinced that these things are true and i i still talk to her a little bit you know even though i knew she was spreading that um throughout like my first year of college and stuff um and then she lived with my mom for a little bit um and then she started telling my mom stuff like be careful keeping her around the baby like she has anger issues and she has these kind of problems and like I don't know, just, like, she'd call me on the phone and then be, like, I love you, um, I'm so proud of you, this and that, and, like, make me feel so loved and make me feel like she genuinely cared and then hangs up the phone and then talks to my mom, like, my biological mother about me. Yeah, like, like, if my mom's not gonna tell me, (laughs) like, you know, like, and it was with multiple people in our family, it wasn't just with my mom, like, she was doing that with a lot of people and, like, I don't really care what ha- with my extend- extended family thinks of me. Like, I've, they haven't really been a part of my life. Um, but, like, af- I don't know, after hearing those things, like, hearing that she would sit there and, like, make me feel so good and, like, tell me she was so proud of me. Because all I've been trying to do is prove her wrong, you know? Like, I've been trying to, like, That's prove to her. That's what ingrained into you. Right. Like, I've been trying to prove to her that I can actually be somebody and that I could actually graduate high school and that I could go to college and I could do all these things. And I was finally doing those things. And she was saying she was proud of me, which was exactly what I wanted to hear. And then going behind my back and saying something else. Right. For sure. And so, and so she texted me. And I was just like, don't talk to me anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. And then she was like, she had just gotten out of a surgery and she was like, um like oh wow like i just got out of surgery and uh you this and that and like was trying to manipulate me and i was like dude like just don't call me anymore like just don't be a part of my life i don't want to do it anymore um so then i blocked her on everything stopped talking to her and for you yeah that's just kind of where that ended which also meant ending my relationship with my sisters um i don't have any relationship with them um that sucks but it's what had to happen and if they ever want to come back into my life they will it's just the fact that she had a hold on you and she thought that she could keep that hold by being manipulative, by being what sounds like a narcissist. Um, you know, I know you didn't give the details of the extent of what has happened to you as you grew up with her, but as a mother figure in your life, that is disgraceful that she could ever raise a innocent child and have them grow up and then to then backstab them as they get older like some people just 
are so deep within their own excuse my language bullshit that you know that's all they're consumed with and they just want to spread hate and pain Mm -hmm. and knowing you you didn't deserve that again i'm sorry that you had to deal with that but considering the fact that all you went through and you're we'll circle back to this but like where you're at like now like you've come a long way and i'm proud of you for that yeah all right Tawan. so um yeah i want to say something um just based off of um the abuse thing and just hearing this this urge to prove yourself worthy um and it's just for all our viewers out there who've been through abuse and had this this urge to prove themselves to something to someone um, to prove their worth, I need you to know. Um, I want you to know. And I'd be ignorant if I didn't tell you that your worth isn't about your works. It's not about how much money you make so much. Not about what grace you get. It's not about um, how good you do in sports. It's not about what kind of how much you clean. It's not about your works and your worth aren't in the same category. Because you can never work. You can never do good. You can, no matter what you can do, it will never add up to how much you're truly worth. Because nothing can tell you how much you're worth. You you are worth way more than you could ever imagine. It's not about anything else, but you need to know at the end of the day, no matter what you do with your life, no matter how you live your life, no matter what what you go through in your life, your worth is already set in stone. No matter what you change on your body, no matter what you add to your body, no matter what you add to your your resume no matter none of that your worth is already set in stone basically like how Tuan said you know if you are going through any type of abuse may it be physical may it be mental may it be sexually may it be emotionally I want you to know that for one it's not your fault it is not your fault and you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You know who you are at the end of the day. You know what you have come from. You know what you have accomplished. You know what you have fallen from. You know who you are. And nobody can take that away from you. And you woke up today. You did what you needed to do. Even if it was just getting out of bed. Even if it was just waking up. If it was just going to work. If it was just seeing a friend. If it was just feeding your dog. That is just as important as somebody going to a nine to five, somebody, you know, hustling hard, somebody, you know, walking down the street. You know what I mean? Like, just like Tawan reiterated, I'm reiterating from Tawan, like your worth is set in stone within you. And I believe personally within you, you know, nobody can tell you anything and just if nobody's proud of you we're proud of you and we love you and we hear you and we see you and we're praying you know okay so it's hard for me to i guess not elaborate but put a name to it Mm -hmm. um for me bondage as as i've come to met jesus in my life i've seen him set me free from a lot of things right but I also see myself still bondaged um, and bound. Even though I have freedom in Him, I'm still bound um, and held captive in a lot of my in a lot of places in my life. One of them being sexuality. Um, 
uh, and and more specific, it's pornography. So like, growing up, you know, you you get exposed to it, and you don't know mm-hmm. what to do with it, and and it becomes this monster that you don't know what to do with. You know, you're just like, oh, I, I went from liking this to liking this, and it's like, it's a lot. You Especially know? as like a young male, a young yeah. little horny little boy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you get all like moved by it, and different things get you all hot and bothered, and then. You get older and there's girls and like me watching porn t- turn me into wanting to have sex all the time, and it's like, well, I have sex and different girls and and which led me to hurting people and just so much it became, it became messy and dangerous at the same time because unprotected sex and sex without wisdom is dangerous and it's harmful. Um, which then I found Jesus and it was like, hey, like let me educate you on what sex is and, and the holiness of it. It's not about just sleeping around and finding pleasure. It's about the intimacy, um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically being intimate and on one accord with one individual. Um, but even understanding and learning that and removing myself from sex itself until I find the right person, I'm still wrestling with, well, I found porn when I was younger, started having sex with, started having sex with women, now I'm no longer having sex, but I'm still wrestling with porn because I don't, dude, like it's just this this craving that I can't get out. And like the science, there's the science behind it, but I'm not about science. I'm about the simple fact of I know my body, mm-hmm. and I when I'm upset, when I'm angry, it's the thing I want to go to, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel bad. But it's that makes me feel good. Like I'm not about to cap to you. There's a dopamine rush. There's a release of just a an addiction. Yes. Yes, and even when I even when I say, oh, well, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm not addicted to it, but it's like it's the one thing in my life that I am bonded to mm-hmm. because, well, I'm, I'm going to stop God. It's the last day, God, and the next day it's like, well, here I am, God, with the same prayer that I'm done. But the next day it's, it's this constant <sighs> chain I continue to cuff myself to, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, like, it's not it's not like just a me thing, like, I know there's people out there who deal with it, and like, and I just, and I want to set people free from it, bro. And it's like, you want to have that conversation that isn't talked about that much, for sure. Like, it's just man, like it's it's its own thing that oh, I'm gonna get free, I'm gonna get free. And people are like, well, you're people are like, well, you're you're powerless to it. I don't want to say I'm powerless to it because like I know I got power. I can do many things, mm-hmm. but something I need God to do for me, you know. But at the same time, like I feel like God has equipped me with the mindset and the heart. You know, I went from just drinking to smoking to having sex with girls and I've stopped all those things. And it's this one thing that I continue to, to choose to lay down in. You know, and it's May and I, uh, oh, not to cut you off, I apologize. May I ask, um, how did it affect your daily life in the aspect of craving and needing sex like twenty four seven basically? How did it affect you negatively and impact you? So when I got in high school mm-hmm. and I was having sex with, with sex with women, it was like, it wasn't about pleasing her. It was about, oh, yeah, I'm going to do you. <laughs> I'm going to get you right here. I'm going to get you right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, it, was, uh, it was a pride thing. It wasn't right. about mm-hmm. my partner. It was about, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. You don't talk right. about me. I understand. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. in there. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was a selfish prideful thing it Mm -hmm. wasn't passionate it wasn't it wasn't it was perverted it wasn't what it was supposed to be it's basically like trying to get a nut off 
and you know add another one under your belt and then throwing it to the side and being like you know next it's until i want you again like it was very selfish right um and very harmful lustful um, lustful dude like that's that's where it is like even now like watching porn has led my actions to sometimes change in a sense of, of well I'm lustful, so I want to get a girl's number. And it's, it's like, it's leading me on a path that I see myself on currently. Mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to my friend, because I'm supposed to be in this space of, I'm waiting for my wife, waiting for my wife. And it's like, well, this girl cute, trying to find a wife. Like, it went from watching porn to now pursuing women. Pursuing women in, uh, in, a romantic, in a hurtful. In a romantic way that can hopefully get me to the space of now I want to have sex again and have kids. Like, it's me oh, it's a it's a staircase of well I'm watching porn, and I'm lonely, so now I want to find someone, and like well let's find someone still watching porn find someone like it's 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 feeding addiction. This this animal which yeah. is lust in my heart right you know right um, well I want to find a girlfriend well not just to have sex with her but like yeah to have sex with her, but like I want a companion and sometimes I go to porn as a companion because it reminds me of an orgasms that of an orgasm that. I would have when I had a companion like it's 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 not just oh I want I'm horny it's I'm lonely I'm angry you're filling a void and or medicate or self-medication yeah, like, it, it's not yeah. just a void it's well I'm angry today or I'm sad today or right. I'm grieving today or like I'm, it's it's just like having a drink or smoking it's Oh, I need a cigarette. Or oh, I'm having a rough day. I need a blunt. Like I used to right, say all the time. Right, I was just about to say. I need it. a blunt. Everybody to, has those. Bro, like, I'm trying to get fried because I had a bad day. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Like I need to watch some porn. It's like I had a bad day. It's bad to say that, but it's real. Like yeah, it's for real, sure. bro. Because right. when you lay down and you go through that process, and it's like you know in the back of your head, man, you shouldn't be doing this. You know the real effects that it has on you. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know the effects, but it's like... What are the effects, may I ask? Um, Just read um, I think it's like, um, not like when you can't get a hard, um, I don't know what it's called, like, I don't know what it's called. Somebody Google it. Um, but, so you can't get a hard... Um, because you're... you're well, Because you're, you're used you're, to satisfying yourself, so like, I've even watched how my body has started to react less and less and less. It's because you're you're constant. There's no meaning behind it when you're just constantly doing it. Exactly. So like yes. the gift and the sensation that is a gift, like orgasms mm-hmm. are a gift. The sense of pleasure is being diluted because of it becoming a natural habit and a means to an end instead of the gift of the gift that sex really is. Mm-hmm. This gift that pleasure really is. Um, and I'm like, I'm just wasting my life source. I'm wasting my energy. I'm wasting the gift that God has given me because of my selfishness, because of my lack of control. Your ego. Not even ego, because it's not about ego. It's more so about like. I say, a, uh, I say ego because you brought up the fact that it's not about pleasuring a woman. It's more about, for one, proving that you are, quote unquote, that man. For, but and then. On top of that, you are, you know, pleasuring yourself just to get that "quote unquote" nut off. Right. But even this sense, like, I, like, I'm no longer like with women. I'm just by myself, and it's like it's draining you. It's it's not even draining me, but it's damaging me quicker and quicker. It's like, like God, your spirit. It's like God, like man, like help me. I want to be better, and like I'll be better, and I can't be better. Like I talked to him today, like dude, like yesterday is my last day. I'm not gonna go back to it, and like. 
I want to keep my word in the sense of this is my last time, bro. Like, I don't want to keep doing this to myself because what if I get my wife and she bad and she's sexy and she loves me and I can't perform? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my biggest fear is I finally get married and I cannot perform because of the damage that I've done to myself because I was I wasn't even humble enough to get help. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. Well, also, like, if you're still in that place and, like, sex is always the thing that's running to your mind. And, like, even if you love her and, like, you're in that relationship with her, like, it's always going to be, like, what you go to. And so then that relationship literally, like, that whole marriage is just going to be based off of sex. The disaster, like, even and then there's no, cheating. like, there might be some love there, but mm-hmm. there, it, it's really just based off of sex. Right. Um, and then you both end up getting hurt to be so honest like, that's the biggest thing in my heart that i have to i guess like there's this bondage to lust in my heart that's like this deep root like mm-hmm. that i don't understand you know um like you're right in the sense of like i need to work out okay as, as like yes getting married is fantastic but it's not just about sex it's about finding a partner like and i understand like it's about like i can't wait to find my companion and right there's a, like a line and be it's almost Cuddle season, bruh. <laughs> it's almost cuddle season. The weather's dropping. I would love to have that intimacy and that time with somebody. But at the same time, I know that my mind is, like, oh, we can. Mm-hmm. And it's like, out of love, you. Out of love, you produce intimacy. You know what I'm saying? That's, so, yeah. Out of love, we take part in that action out of love we procreate out of love i sacrifice myself for you but if my head is if, I, if i'm all about the reward of love and not about love itself like I'm, i don't, don't want to destroy steps. anything else and that's maybe why i'm in this season that i'm in of we're going to work that like i'm so grateful that my god has enough love for me that he's like i won't let you destroy what i'm trying to give you that's why you're single. That's why you're in these spaces that you're in to work out the thing that um, will bring ultimately part of your demise. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, you had to learn how to control yourself. You had to learn how to control your mind. You had to control how to. You had to learn how to control your body, and in doing so, and yeah. learning and growing sure. and gaining this freedom. Yep it will help you pursue the love and int- intimacy from a partner that you do crave as you have gotten older, you do deeply want. And in itself, instead of like a nut off, that whole life of a family, of a bond, that itself is the reward. For sure. And I'm not going to, I want, I want to make clear that I'm not out here like waiting to get a wife to just to, to get a nut no, off. No, of course. <laughs> in my head, like, you are trying no, to just get married learned. just to have sex. Like, in my head, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But, like, dude, I'm, I really want to be free, not just for my, it's not just for, not just for God, but for me, not just for my spouse, but for me, bro. Like, what if I keep releasing my seed and one day my seed just can't do what it's supposed to do? That's, yeah. like, a fear I have. What right. if, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Like, what if I, like, I don't want to keep having to battle my mind over, oh, well, let's go watch porn, or I want to play the game, or I want to go to sleep. Like, it's not just pleasuring myself. It's battling when I need rest. It's battling where I'm out in spaces. Like, dude, I want to have to keep doing these things, bro. I want to wake up in the morning and, like, I did it again. 
had this joy. I did it again. I did it again. Like and just be free. And I know Recovering. friends. I know friends who have been free for ten years. Mm-hmm. Bro. You hear me? Just done. And it's like I've done that with a lot of things. This and, is, it's, yeah. and it's like this is the next chapter. But I'm like, of why course. is it taking so long? But I know I'm like, ah, good, shake it off on me. But right now it's like you're already opening the door. You know? Exactly. <laughs> That is the first step. Here's the twist, bro. Cause I gotta be open with you. There's this part of me that's like, yep, I want to be free so I can move forward. But there's this other part of me that's like, uh, it feels good. Uh, it's not that bad. Uh, like, there's this part of me that's like, well, I don't really. There's there's these there's two parts of me it's like dude I'm and you know that's the thing, in life, that's a huge huge battle with you can apply that to anything yeah like there's that side to you that's just like I want to stop this and I'm gonna say addiction again because that's you know when it, we all personally I have a lot of addictions that I've recovered from and that I'm still like recovering from I hate calling it an addiction because it, it, I hate it I, personally you know it is it, it's <laughs> hard to say it though, but that's what it is you know you gotta admit it you know and it's that thing where it's just like I want to move forward I want to be better because I know that the reward at the end of the tunnel is better than what you know I've been doing but and then it's just like but it's so easy to just be like you know just one more time just, just one, one more, time. more time and then i'll stop and then i'll stop and it's just I'm gonna like stop tomorrow but the thing is you can't keep doing that yeah. because that is the sign that you are addicted and that you need to take a step back and you know either apply help or find you know like how you said jesus and, and god has helped you direct you into the way of you know finding your peace and even with jesus like i'd want people to know like even with jesus like addiction yeah god is powerful and almighty of course but yeah. like he does things intentionally like for the reason that i'm still not free because of a snap of a finger it's like hey like maybe there's a process that he of wants me to take me on which leads me to other people mm-hmm. like it's not just oh that's just, let me tell you something god does things not just for you but for others around you mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about you and your addiction. It's about the next person and their addiction. It's about the next young kid in their situation. It's about the next young lady in her family. I just spit all over the place. It's about <laughs> the next young lady in her situation. Like, God is a God of a domino effect, not just a snap of a finger. Dude, it's mm-hmm. not about mm-hmm. you. I've learned that it's not about you. So. I mean, that's why you guys are here. America. It's not about you. It's about the world around us, bro. I will say, though, if you are in a spot where you don't want to hear that exact words, you do matter just as much as the whole thing. Because sometimes you have to take a step back and it starts with you. Oh, no, for sure. Like, I I just wanted to, you know. Oh, no, I'm going to add on that. Like, yes, God is a, like, for me, like, God is an intimate God and he will love you hard where you are. Mm hmm understand like when he love when he's loving on you hard like it's for a bigger reason yes he loves you so much but he also loves the next person so much that he's come to you because he trusts you with the next person's hands mm-hmm. like ah, god is so good <laughs> but darling enough about uh me and well, i'm gonna add one thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, um, go ahead. 
like i think it's really easy when it comes to, i think a lot of guys like specifically mm-hmm. and even girls think it's really funny when a lot of people are like oh i want to stop watching pornography i want to be freed from this and stuff it's real but it, it, is, it real. is real and it actually is something that a lot of people deal with and they struggle with and even if it's not something you want to be freed from uh i think giving people the space to want to be freed from things is important even if you think that it's funny even if it's like weird weird to you or like you don't understand it like give people the space to do what they want to do exactly i don't think you know it's talked about enough about how you know how you said porn not harping on anybody who's associated and works in the sex industry let me add if that is something that you do you know you do you we're not talking about that we're talking about the effects of you know individuals that have these uh, like cravings yeah these cravings and i just want to say like nobody really really talks about how society is so sex oriented and it really targets young children Mm -hmm. and it affects you as at a young age like we like we're talking with savannah when you are exposed to certain things as a child when you are your most vulnerable it changes who you are as you grow up for sure and you know it's it, it opened um, door it opens like when kids are exposed to certain things it opens doors that you don't see them walk through mm-hmm. so like i've done things in my youth that have that have opened doors to my brothers like that's something i have to sit and wrestle with mm-hmm. so like even as you have even parents who are listening even um siblings who are listening like listening like <sighs> we have to be careful when it comes to yes. children we have to be careful when it comes to your children bro be careful like, i continue to make mistakes when it comes to being a big brother but we have to be careful uh, because we are doing indi- we, have, we are doing indirect harm all the time bro all the time whether we're cursing at them whether we're yelling at them whether we're punching on them whether mm-hmm. we're instructing them to do things they shouldn't be doing like oh, we have to be careful we have to be mindful dude they're the they're 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 the next leaders but we say it all the time you're the next leader like these kids are the next leaders governors teachers police officers bro janitors garbage men like these stu- these kids they are our future of society and another thing is too like i feel like it's really difficult in a society that doesn't properly educate our youth on sex ed on you know the proper autonomy what's the word i didn't learn autonomy yeah the proper like you know females especially are really shunned for our bodies Mm. and men are built up to be these you know buff you know sex like what's the word you know if you look good you in there yeah you basically you're you're supposed to be something that a lot of people can't should be. not be or can't mm. be and it puts pressure and it puts unnecessary stress shame. and shame and then so you're gonna you're gonna put this into the world and say you aren't allowed to be this way or look this way and i'm not going to teach you how to properly understand it or you know you have to be a certain way and look a certain way but i'm not going to teach you how to understand it and then you also mix in the pervertedness mm-hmm. of a lot of like uh, on how it affects children. No, for sure. 
For sure. And so that com- that starts a confused society, and it causes it costs people harm. Uh, like it costs it costs their lives, consequences, and their their time and their energy, and you know it really builds a foundation of a society that could you know flourish when they're stuck on these issues and you know this could go into a lot of other deeper topics you know what i mean but this is like just scratching the surface and let me reiterate again we are not targeting anybody who works in sex work or who you know likes to like do all this stuff that is nothing to do with that we i literally i think like you know you do you your body your choice like men and women we're talking about the effects though that how things have gone about within society america the world the world world. because the world itself is super perverted is exactly not not just exactly not just perverted as in like sexually right like perverted as in taking things from its original state yeah we do it all the time sex is natural sex is a natural thing and you know it is to be explored but it is not to be the way it has like turned out i feel like for sure um now we can segue into your story yeah what do you feel like you've been bonded from hannah come on now you've been ducking us you got all this wisdom uh Uh, into that tank girl what's up um so what i've been bonded from i think it it starts with family for sure you know how you spoke about Mm -hmm. like well, we spoke about like as a child, like how things happen. Um, mine didn't happen as a child, though. It actually. I didn't even try to cry. Um... Okay. So um, mine didn't start as a child. It started a few years ago. Um, my, uh, this is hard. I didn't even try to like cry because it just, I can talk about this subject and I talk about it all the time, but it's the fact where when you name a detail Mm -hmm. on what it's associated with, it brings a lot of raw emotion to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with a topic like this, you can't, scratch that but like it it brings a lot of raw emotion to the surface and basically like back in 2019 my mother passed away and I've come to terms with it I you know I lived through it I went through the, the motions of it I'm still bonded to it and I think with this situation it's a unique one where you know death is one of those things where you will always be bonded to it. You know what I mean? You will always go through the motions of grief and confusion and acceptance and, you know, forgiveness and so on. Um, With me specifically, it's harder for me just due to the fact I'm bonded to a death that I shouldn't have experienced so young. And, um, I was 18 years old. I had just turned 18 about three weeks prior 
to her her death um I just had graduated high school about a few days to a week I'm pretty sure no it was it was like a few days before she passed away um you know beforehand um with my mother we didn't have the best relationship I love her and I I loved her when she was alive but <laughs> excuse my language but that was crazy <laughs> and anybody who knew me back then and knew her knows what I'm talking about if you're listening you know uh, she always tried her best though and that's something I took with me after she passed away but it was one of those things where we had a very love-hate relationship you know I was on her neck she was on mine she experienced a lot of trauma when she was growing up and she never properly healed from it and with her being sick um I don't know if I ever mentioned this before she she had an autoimmune disorder or I'm sorry an autoimmune disease um, a rare one called myasthenia gravis where it's really rare uh, not many people know about it and it's like not really known within like medical history at least back then it wasn't and so uh what's it called again myasthenia gravis it's uh, a muscle disease to my it affects your muscles and so like you know my mom couldn't some days she couldn't walk some days like her muscles were too weak to even talk you don't really realize how many like muscles you have in your face just to talk or the muscles you have in your throat to swallow um just to move so that was a what's the word um that was a privilege that she did not have so there was days where she wasn't moving she couldn't do anything so I always had to step up you know it was it was a very rocky relationship of you know she needed me she didn't want to need me mm. um she loved me she was dealing with her own demons so it was hard for her to love me um you know I'm a child just trying to figure it out I, I went through a lot of turmoil when I was a kid and all the way up to me being in high school we we started to get closer we still had our issues and um you know it it was very just like off and on so you know prior to her passing away we had um a huge fight about six to seven months prior to her death she um she had a problem with alcohol she abused it and um that was a constant constant issue you know she would leave for nights and leave me and my sister alone and you know I would have to take care of my sister take care of myself my parents were divorced so you know there there wasn't anybody there when she was living by herself they were off and on um so sometimes we'd live with him and whatever but um so and she went she was very violent when she was um drunk there was moments where like you know we would get in 
some altercations. It was never like she just straight up like started to fight me. I mean, yeah, she did. Like there was actually, I'm lying. She did do that a few times. She would throw things. She was angry. And then, you know, the next moment, like she was apologizing. She, the next day she's like, I'm sorry. I love you. You know, yada, yada. So there was a lot of turmoil and alcohol played a big part into that. And, um, there was a few months prior to her passing away that, so she got really intoxicated one uh, one night to the point where she decided to try to end her life. And um, the time leading up to that was she crashed her car, she got a DUI, she was in jail, she calls me from the jail um, asking me to try to bail her out. She's freaking out, crying. I'm at work, mind you, I'm 17. I'm really upset at her. It was an ongoing issue of I'm upset at her. I'm mad at you. Why Why are you doing this? Like, you're a grown woman. Mm-hmm. A 17-year-old shouldn't have to tell you how to act. Right. And um, so, you know, my dad bails her out and takes her home. And she was at home all day. And he asked me after work to go check on her. So later in the evening, I go to check on her. And um, I end up finding her. And she was damn near almost dead because she took a bunch of pills and you know I had to go through the motions of calling the ambulance trying to make sure she was good I remember she was breathing and it it was like it almost sounded like a death rattle it was it was terrifying and that was something that was very traumatic to me and I explained that to her after she got better you know I explained like this was a fuck up and I hope that you can move forward with me and my sister to create a better life for yourself and that's what she did she didn't have a car i was helping her with her job um you know she was making the efforts and the steps to get better she was going to aa uh she was doing what was best for her and then you know a few months later she gets a a new car and then in a matter of time she was already drinking and driving and you know coming home wasted and you know being irate and I I I had it I had it I remember it was February of 2019 I told her I was like I can't do this anymore like how could you do that to me knowing what we all went through Mm -hmm. and so I was like I have to take a step back and I you know I take a step back and I wasn't in her life for those next few months and you know so that was february you know month after month after month you know she blamed me she was upset at me and it was hard for me to deal with i was just very angry at her i wanted nothing to do with her remember i was just so angry and i just lived with my dad and you know i just continued my life and may rolls around it's my 18th birthday. I decide I don't want her to show up. I told her, I was like, I don't want you there. I knew she was starting to get sick again. Like, sicker, meaning she was starting to get weak and, you know, having troubles. Like, that, it was like a really long flare-up. I knew that was happening, but I didn't care. I was, I didn't want her there. I was, it was, I was so angry. And then the next few weeks, my birthday's at May 7th. So, the next, you know, few weeks... I I start to actually come into her life more. Uh, She's making more of an effort to communicate with me. And, you know, I'm coming over and all this other stuff. And 
you know, I'm about to move back in after a certain point. I'm like, you know, I miss you. Um, I love you. I want to help you. I know you're struggling. And... <laughs> um, and that's when... I don't, I don't even remember how long it was, but, uh, there was one day, like, my dad gets a phone call from my mom saying she needs to go to the hospital, she can't breathe. My dad picks her up, he's taking her to the hospital that's down the street from her house, and, um, she, she's freaking out, saying she can't breathe, and then she goes into a into a coma <laughs> she was in a coma <laughs> for about a week I, I think not even um, she lost so much oxygen because she, she couldn't breathe um, due to her disease that you know she was basically brain dead she was being kept alive by machines um i remember going to the hospital and her entire body was just filled with like cords and things were shoved down her throat and there was a machine making her chest go up and down and up and down and her eyes were swollen out of her head and you know there was just no life there basically and mm -hmm. You would see like her muscle twitch due to you know whatever was going on with her but she wasn't there and so we had to make i had to make the decision to pull the plug mm. so that type of death has bonded me in a way where you come to terms with it you accept it you understand it it wasn't my fault that i wasn't there mm. it wasn't even her fault at that point it was just what had to happen but the thing is like you can't ever fully recover from that type of thing yeah it's obviously emotional for me going into depth about it especially being so public about it I'm, I'm not public with um my own issues in that sense like i don't there's only a few people who really know the extent of that but despite that you know there is freedom from it in a way where i am released from the turmoil that was caused as a child so i try to look at it as a happy medium as you know some things are meant to go so you can grow yeah mm. i think like i never like i've seen you you mean you've talked to me about it but like she's right she does not talk about this shit with anybody yeah. she never talks about it um i mean like it's also like you obviously talk about it who you're comfortable with but like this is takes a lot for her to do like this this is what we're here to do for you guys like 
the whole point of these conversations. None of us really wanted to share what we shared today. Right. <laughs> but like, nope. we knew we had to. Like, yeah. we knew that anything what we shared today is going to help someone. And I'm really proud of you, Hannah. For sure. Honestly. Mm-hmm. For I know sure. that took a lot out of you. Um, that's what we're here for, guys. Like, we want you guys to be freed from the things you're bonded from, too. Um, like, we're, we, we really have a lot of love for those of you who do watch and those of you who will watch it in the future. Um, and we really hope that this is going to impact you in one shape or form. I want to say something and yeah. give you a moment just to say, hey, like, hey, like, thank you. For sharing that. Oh yeah, for sure. I know there are many people who are growing um, and grieving. Yeah, because it's hand in hand. Uh, hand in hand. Hand in hand. For hand sure. Hand. For you for to sure. for you to make that decision. Say, oh, well, um, for you to make that decision by yourself. Say, oh, well, I need to put a plug on my own mother, even though she's caused you pain and turmoil. That is still your mother. And, oh, for you yeah. to make, and for you to make that decision and live with that decision, like as you continue to wrestle with it. Um, I appreciate that. I really do. Like both of you, I appreciate that. So, I think as she was talking about, like, as you are wrestling with that, how are you finding? I know I'm not sure if it's comfort, but peace. How are you moving through this grief? That's a really in a healthy way. That's a really good question, because uh, to keep it short, I wasn't for a long time mm-hmm. when she passed away i didn't feel anything for a while i used the distraction of sex drugs um it, trying to just find myself as you know a way to cope i didn't feel anything for a while and it caught up to me Mm. it really did because it was like you push it away you use all these things whatever it is you know you you use it it's almost like you're running away from it for a while oh for sure and it's like one day something came up to me and was just like you need to face this excuse my language again i know i i do cuss a lot um but those are one of those are raw emotions so like yeah it it was it was more like i had to face it because i was starting to fall down a hole of destruction in my own way like i was choosing um people and habits that were meant to you know fill a void as we talked about with you fill a void from my childhood from my traumas from you know my mother's passing and then the effects of what happened after she passed because nothing was ever the same after that and still isn't never will be never will be but i feel like that's the beauty of it and i had to face myself it's like i had to look in the mirror and be like where are you and what has what happened right what's going on right because i had to figure out like the root of all the actions and things that are happening to me that are causing so much turmoil are rooted in these really sensitive and painful areas in my life that I never fully faced. And I didn't really come to terms with everything until this year. The podcast that me and Savvy had uh, together before we did the season two, the co like host. Right. Um, 
I talked about like self-love and growing and a period of where I had to find myself that was one of one of the times where I had to really face myself and face like all these past issues and my mother's death was one of them right you know I had to go deep inside of me and be like what what's happening why what you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. so I think it was just the fact where I was forced to. Yeah, for sure. Because I was like, "What? what's going on? And once I was for, I'm glad it happened. It was very hard right. facing that, but it's still hard facing it. But, you know, yeah. once it happens, you know, there's no turning back. And it's for the best. For sure. Can I leave that nugget? Can I throw that out there, that nugget of you cannot run from your past you cannot run from your past you cannot run from your trauma you it'll always catch you, and you yeah there it is you cannot you. outrun your trauma or your past mm-hmm. because it will always catch up to you it will always. pop up in places and spaces that you don't expect it to right so it is very healthy and important that you deal with your pain yeah deal with what with your pain you have to you don't have to do it in the moment you know it takes some people forever like forever. years sometimes it'll hit you right then and there you know, it's one of those things where grief, loss, addiction, abuse, all of those all of it. emotions that were caused to you, that you caused, regardless, all of that is within you. And the more you try to suppress it, yep. the worse. It's like a it's like shaking a, a soda can. You can you can keep shaking it and you know pretend it's not going to explode, but eventually it's going to pop, yep. and it's going to pop hard, and sometimes it'll hit you in the face. Or explode in your car when you least, or 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 explode in places you least expect it to. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that. So, darling, over there. By the way, she had a Seek Jesus shirt on. It's fire. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've talked about all of our experiences and what we've been bonded from, um, I think um, I, we've kind of already done this a little bit, but um, talking about what has grown, like what we've grown from, what we're learning, and, and just giving you guys some encouragement, something we always like to do. Um, and so a big thing for me um, is that you can rewrite your story. Yeah, I think um, a lot of us are like we want to change the past. Um, we want to do this. Now you can't change it, but you can rewrite the future. You if you and you should. I think that no matter who you are, how little your experiences are, how big your experiences are, if it's weighing you down, the only person who can change it is you. Come on now. Because at the end of the day, it's like all these people did all these things to you. But as soon as I think a big thing for me was like moving from the, the, the trauma of my childhood and like transitioning from all these different places and like thinking I already had figured it out and then moving into adulthood and going to college and realizing like I don't have any of this figured out because mm. I wasn't choosing to figure it out. Mm. I was choosing to lean on, like you said, like drugs, addiction, like all these different things. Like I lean on on relationships a lot. Like that's been a big thing. Um, in my life, Come you on know, now. Me too. and like I, I hold on to a lot of people. Um, but like in throughout the summer, throughout doing like recommence, like I learned that like the only way for you to get to the place that you want to be is to have that love for yourself mm-hmm. and to continue to rewrite your story. Like I, sure. I'm here 
on this earth to rewrite this generational cycle that like i've been mm. in like yeah. you, you don't have to be in it you don't have to stay yeah. in it you can sit nope. there and complain about it all day but till you choose to rewrite it that's the only time that it'll change <laughs> that was really beautiful that was really beautiful fire mm-hmm <laughs> they're looking Mm -hmm. at me like it's my turn it is your turn um so i guess my growing thing is gonna be separate from what i'm struggling from (laughs) (laughs) because i'm still struggling um but i'm i'm watching god kind of rework my mindset in the sense of he is always redeeming renewing my day-to-day life um, it's not, even though I'm saved and I'm found Jesus, like my salvation is solid. My salvation is solidified, but I think my sanctification is it's God. God is working and walking with me every day. Mm-hmm. So my actions are always it'll be redeemed. It's not about, well, is this the best decision or is it this the best decision? It's trust God and make the decision mm-hmm. like <sighs> life will bring you so many different different options would you rather mm-hmm. life will bring you so many would you rathers but it's make a decision that you, through your growth and the life that you through the life that you that you've lived and the growth that you've experienced make the best decision and don't worry about everything else because god will take care of that mm-hmm. so it's like trusting god with my day-to-day right not just trusting god will you give me a wife well, God, you'll trust me with a ministry. or But it's, hey, God, like, I don't know. Like, is this the best decision right now? Is this the best relationship right now? Is it the best time to do this right now? Like, like letting him take the lead. Letting him be, have enough faith to take the steps, trusting that he'll lead me. Right. Needing him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I read, pray, you know, talk to go to church. I have friends, like, but... It's a day-to-day walk that God is restoring mm-hmm. and changing my perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, I'm grateful that, once again, he loves me enough, not just to say, I got you set in eternity, I got you set in the future, I got you set in the past, but I got you, I love you so much that I got you set right now. Right. So don't stress, don't worry about anything, but pray and trust me about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's... That's what's helping <sighs> you grow. Hey, look, I'm still growing a lot of areas, but like to trust that to trust that God is yeah. faithful and loving and merciful and graceful in all those areas of course. allows me the ability to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no fear of messing up. There's no fear of making the wrong decision. It's hey, I've walked with you long enough that I trust that you'll make the best decision. But know that even if you don't. <laughs> I will restore the day-to-day. Right. I will restore. the God is restoring your, your day-to-day lives. That's what I'm understanding, and, and God is reframing. He is restoring your day-to-day lives. I am huge on saying this. and Say it with your chest. Oh, I will. <laughs> I'm sure, Sav, you've heard me say this before at one point or another. I've said this a lot to a lot of people. It's been my saying for a few years now. It's about acceptance and forgiveness. Hmm. I think that there's no way to move forward 
until you accept what has happened to you that wasn't your fault accept what you have done that is your fault Mm. accept that this is just how life had to happen there is no more what ifs there is no more going in the past or going in the future it's just right now and you got to accept everything that has led up to this point and once you accept you can start to forgive Mm. yourself for making decisions that maybe you shouldn't have or making decisions that you should have you know forgiving what has happened to you that was your fault and not your fault yeah forgiving people and places and things that should not be forgiven mm-hmm. forgiving the world for just being who it is and forgiving how brutal but beautiful life can be i think that well said acceptance and forgiveness is the key and with it you can do anything she should be a youth leader (laughs) (laughs) i'm huge on it i'm huge on uh accept start a recommence youth group Mm. so with that being said um we thank you for listening and tuning in uh remember like when you're ready press play Mm -hmm. um we had a would you rather rewind or pause um but also you can press play um so before we get out of here um Stick around for a take it with you with our girl Hannah. So, take it with you. I'm just gonna re say what I said earlier uh, to tie into the freedom and growth topic of today, where sometimes you have to let go to grow. And I'm gonna just let that sit with you. Mm. That's fire. <laughs> That's fire. (laughs) All right, you guys. So that concludes a very long episode of Recommence. (laughs) Um, But um, we got some good stuff out of this. Um, To stay updated, you guys can follow Recommence um, at the Recommence podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Right. Um, And also, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes. you can find us on Apple, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. Yes, um, yes, yes. And if and you yes. click on the little plus button or like the bell, I think um, that it'll keep you notified. Notified. Um, but okay. we do post every Sunday at two twenty-two p.m. Central Standard Time. Two, 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 and Central Standard Time. Central. Yeah, that is the end of this episode. Much love. We will see you. We love you in a couple weeks. See ya. Peace be with you. Oh, just letting you know, stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be spooky. Spooky season.